Section 39 of The Wind Among the Reeds by William Butler Yeats. Recorded for LibriVox.org by Sean Daly. Notes A. Hanrahan and Michael Robarts in these poems. These are personages in The Secret Rose, but with the exception of some of Hanrahan's and one of A.'s poems, the poems are not out of that book. I have used them in this book more as principles of the mind than as actual personages. It is probable that only students of the magical tradition will understand me when I say that Michael Robarts is fire reflected in water, and that Hanrahan is fire blown by the wind, and that A, whose name is not merely the Irish form of Hugh, but the Irish for fire, is fire burning by itself. To put it in a different way, Hanrahan is the simplicity of an imagination too changeable to gather permanent possessions, or the adoration of the shepherds. And Michael Robarts is the pride of the imagination brooding upon the greatness of its possessions, or the adoration of the magi. While A is the myrrh and frankincense that the imagination offers continually before all that it loves. A pleads with the elemental powers. Mongan thinks of his past greatness. A hears the cry of the sedge. The rose has been for many centuries a symbol of spiritual love and supreme beauty. The Count Goblet d'Aviella thinks that it was once a symbol of the sun, itself a principal symbol of the divine nature and the symbolic heart of things. The lotus was in some eastern countries imagined blossoming upon the tree of life, as the flower of life, and is thus represented in Assyrian bas-reliefs. Because the rose, the flower sacred to the Virgin Mary, and the flower that Apuleius's adventurer ate, when he was changed out of the ass's shape and received in the fellowship of Isis, is the western flower of life, I have imagined it growing upon the tree of life. I once stood beside a man in Ireland when he saw it growing there in a vision that seemed to have wrapped him out of his body. He saw the Garden of Eden walled about, and on the top of a high mountain, as in certain medieval diagrams, and after passing the tree of knowledge, on which grew fruit full of troubled faces, and through whose branches flowed, he was told, sap that was human souls. He came to a tall, dark tree, with little bitter fruits, and was shown a kind of stair or ladder going up through the tree, and told to go up. And near the top of the tree, a beautiful woman, like the goddess of life associated with the tree in Assyria, gave him a rose that seemed to have been growing upon the tree. One finds the rose in the Irish poets, sometimes as a religious symbol, as in the phrase, the rose of Friday, meaning the rose of austerity, in a Gaelic poem in Dr. Hyde's Religious Songs of Connacht, and, I think, as a symbol of woman's beauty in the Gaelic song, Rosé and Dove, and a symbol of Ireland in Mangan's adaptation of Rosé and Dove, My Dark Rosaline, and in Mr. Aubrey de Vere's The Little Black Rose. I do not know any evidence to prove whether this symbol came to Ireland with medieval Christianity, or whether it has come down from Celtic times. I have read somewhere that a stone engraved with a Celtic god, who holds what looks like a rose in one hand, has been found somewhere in England, but I cannot find the reference, though I certainly made a note of it. If the rose was really a symbol of Ireland among the Gaelic poets, and if Rosean Dove is really a political poem, as some think, one may feel pretty certain that the ancient Celts associated the rose with Era, or Fotla, or Banba, 
goddesses who gave their names to Ireland, or with some principal god or goddess, for such symbols are not suddenly adopted or invented, but come out of mythology. I have made the seven lights, the constellation of the bear, lament for the theft of the rose, and I have made the dragon, the constellation Draco, the guardian of the rose, because these constellations move about the pole of the heavens, the ancient tree of life in many countries, and are often associated with the tree of life in mythology. It is this tree of life that I have put into the Song of Mungan, under its common Irish form of a hazel, and because it had sometimes the stars for fruit, I have hung upon it the crooked plough and the pilot star, as Gaelic-speaking Irishmen sometimes call the bear and the Norse star. I have made it an axle tree in A Hears the Cry of the Sedge, for this was another ancient way of representing it. End of section 39 This recording is in the public domain.